Welcome to The Corporate Coven, a podcast that explores the intersection of mysticism and the modern workplace. On this show, we discuss how to bring your spiritual craft and practice into the workplace. We'll talk to people who have found ways to include ritual and spirituality into their everyday work and hear from experts on the topics of how to stay spiritually connected while managing the demands of the modern workplace. Our host, Jessica, is a certified career counselor, HR outlaw, and vocational astrologer. If you've ever wondered how to bring your spiritual practice into the workplace, this podcast is for you. Join us as we radically transform workplaces to be a little more magical. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode at the Corporate Coven Podcast, and this is another Saturn Return episode. So if you haven't already, I would recommend going and checking out some of my previous Saturn Return episodes featuring Aaron Doty from Shatter Stress, featuring Lex Ritchie. I have another one that's going to be scheduled to be coming out later in the year, and of course, my 100th episode of the podcast was dedicated to Saturn in Pisces, The title of that was Saturn and Pisces, No Dead Mermaids. So this is another Saturn Return episode. And something that I find really valuable in this conversation is that, you know, in my previous episodes, I've talked with people that have had their Saturn in Aquarius. And so they only recently wrapped up their Saturn Return. And they're talking about, you know, now that I'm on the other side, here was my experience. But both of those individuals, both Aaron and Lex, knew about the Saturn return transit prior to going through it. Aaron had the pleasure of getting to know me while I was in my Saturn return and saw a lot of what my challenges were and started building, you know, beliefs around what that meant for her. This guest actually went through their Saturn return when Saturn was in Sagittarius and therefore uh, has had quite amount of time on the other end of it. But something that they share in the episode is that they didn't know they were going through their Saturn return. They had no idea that they were going through this really significant and transformative transit. And so it's interesting to hear them reflect on what it was like for them when they had no idea what was going on. And now that they're on the other side, how they see that situation and how they interpret it. So let me go ahead and introduce the guest that I'm speaking with today. On this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Emma Porter, and I'm going to read you Emma's bio. Emma is a neurodivergent tech witch, medium, and tarot reader, and a student of astrology. They work for a tech startup as a UX and UI designer, and has a web and mobile design studio called Hex Codes and Woo where they help witches, mystics, and cute weirdos create and build magical websites for their businesses. They also offer protection spells and custom sigils for websites, which I think is just brilliant. And I kind of say this in the episode, but I was like, oh, wow, like that. That sounds like something I would really benefit from. So really grateful for this relationship with Emma, getting to know Emma on this episode and looking forward to continuing working with Emma in the future. I have Emma's contact information in this episode in the show notes. And so if you want to connect with Emma on Instagram, I have their handles there as well as the website. If you're like me and you do need a little bit of support in creating a really user-friendly, that's what UX and UI stands for, um, for a really positive user experience and a really interesting and like 
uh, I was gonna say like design, like artistic, creative, that's the word I'm looking for. A really like creative digital space for your clients to come find you. I want to just name that in this episode, halfway through the conversation, my mic cuts out entirely and to fix it and to be able to continue recording where you could hear me speaking with Emma and asking questions and keeping the conversation going, my computer switched over to the microphone in my webcam. So I have to apologize. My audio about halfway through just doesn't sound nearly as clean and as crisp as when I use my microphone. But I'm not the point of this episode, right? Emma is the point of this episode, and you get to hear Emma crystal clear the entire time. So I would encourage you to stick around even when I start sounding a little bit grainy because Emma shares really profound and useful insights on specifically how the Saturn return can impact your career. So let's get into it. Thank you for joining me on this episode. And again, I would recommend reaching out and connecting with Emma. You can find the handles in the show notes of this episode. All right. Hello, Emma. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited (laughs) to have you on. I love doing solo episodes, but I'm naturally super extroverted and I love it when I get to have really interesting folks come on and I'm super excited to talk with you today. We're going to be talking about the Saturn return, but that will naturally tie into like who you are and some of your life experience and your journey. So, For listeners, I will have already read your bio and shared some information about you, but in your own words, would you like to introduce yourself to the Corporate Coven? Yes, I'd love to. Um, I'm Emma, she, they. I am a neurodivergent tech witch um, and a medium and tarot reader, mainly for myself. I'm still very much learning tarot and how to read. Um, And then I consider myself a student of astrology, so because what that means is that like, I'm always learning about astrology. I don't do readings, but I find it so fascinating, especially ancient astrology and how cultures and civilizations experience astrology um, and how that's like been carried on for thousands of years. And then I'm also, my jobby job is like what I call my career. I'm a UI UX designer for a political tech startup company. And I have a little side hustle called Hex Codes and Woo, which is where I help witches, mystics, and cute weirdos with their websites and make sure it is like the site of their dreams. <laughs> yes. I was, for listeners, I was telling Emma right before that, I'm like, I would love help with mine because I think so many of us, like entrepreneurs and like witches, spiritualists, what we're really, really good at is like connecting with clients and using esoteric wisdom, which means that maybe an area where we could use some support or some development is with the actual technical side of running a business. And so many of us run online businesses. For me also, the UX UI designer piece is so fascinating. It's a world that I've never moved into, but I find myself onboarding UX and UI designers pretty regularly. And this idea of like user experience is so key and so critical. I don't think I prepped you that I was going to ask this question, but now that we're here, I'm like, how did you get into that actually? Like, how did you find your pathway into UX and UI? Yeah, it has a lot to do with my Saturn return, <laughs> which is yeah, awesome. Friendly. But yeah. Um, I ended up, I did a whole career change transition uh four or five years ago, I was doing personal finance, working in the financial advisory 
realm and then left that and did a boot camp, sold my car to pay for the boot camp. And um it was a like I think 10 or 12 week in person. Um, like this is before COVID and did the boot camp. I had an internship after and just been, yeah, that's been my career. <laughs> so I, I didn't love that. like I think I ended up choosing it mainly because it was something like I felt very creative while also like extremely practical mm. um, and a way I could use my skill set to like empathize with other people. That's like one of the biggest things they teach you is like how you should empathize with the user, which at first I thought that was very odd. Um, but it actually like as someone I'm, I don't consider myself an empath. I'm definitely highly sensitive. Yeah. Um, but that was a reason that like helped me kind of like, I don't know, deepen my connection with the field. If that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't, I mean, so you shared your big three with me and I'm going to have you share that with the listeners, but it just does sound like a really beautiful expression of your chart, right? You have some of that Piscean, Cancerian, this water ability to connect, but that Leo rising is really all about that artistic storytelling expression. Do you want to share a little bit about your chart? Yeah. So yeah, I'm Cancer Sun, Pisces, Moon, Leo rising, um, which is so like, I don't really... My Leo rising is an aspect of my chart that I've like, have been stepping more into. Yeah. My son is in my 12th house, which is, so my son is my chart ruler, but with it being in the 12th house, like I like to be behind the scenes, like to be in the spotlight, to have people like even looking at me makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but I've like, have like over the past year or so, like I've been stepping more into that to like be seen and like what, like playing around with that a little bit, um, which has been fun and also like really uncomfortable at times. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. So, but my, I really resonate with my Pisces moon, which is in my eighth house. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that has been like, I resonate with that the most in all of my chart. Um, I think mainly because like it's how I, like, I know, um, like for me, the moon is like my like emotions, my emotional body, mm-hmm. but then also where like my compassion lies. And like, I think everything is connected and that everything belongs. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I just really like that. It's a very like soft part of myself that I really, I think like our culture tells you, or in my experiences, like told me not to embrace as much. And mm-hmm. I've like really embraced that aspect of myself. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It's such an intuitive placement as well. And again, that's where I think it lends so well and, and probably makes you very like good at what you do in user experience design, because when we think about building an interface, like for our customers, and I actually talked about this recently on my Instagram stories, the idea of like process mapping or like journey mapping your customer or client experience through your business or through your website so much of us like have been trained to think very linearly, which is more of that like divine masculine. It's very this step and then this step. And I think that in like uh, project management, that's waterfall. It's like this has to happen before this can happen. But the way that the divine feminine works, and you really see this expressed in more of those yin energy 
zodiac signs, which are the earth and the water signs, it is more of that intuitive. It's kind of coming at you from all phases. Like, well, what if they didn't do this first? What if they could do this instead? And what's happening at the same time? And I love that you lead with that empathy that like, you know, it's not just what's a smart design, but it's like, how are they feeling when they're moving through this? How do we want them to feel? And trying to eliminate some of that harshness or difficulty when they're having an experience, right? So I love that. I think it's so beautiful. Yeah. I think especially like being in tech, I was just going to say like, you're, you're like me, we have like the day job and, and probably that environment tends to be a little bit more fiery, especially in like startup environments. Um, and like that, her like, go, go, go. So I would imagine that you bring a lot of really like healthy balance to the organization of, as well, like tempering some of that, like, let's just hurry and get it done with, okay, but, but is this like the best thing for our, our customers? Yeah, no, that's so well said. It very much is. Yeah. Very fiery. It's so at times it really is challenging for me to like bring the bail or I don't want to say bring the balance. It's like being able to push back. That's like uncomfortable for me at times when everyone is so on the same side of something or like has Uh an understanding. And then I feel like I'm the little like voice in the back. That's like, wait, but what, (laughs) like, can we rethink this? Like, are we sure? Um, So, but I'm like learning to speak louder, I suppose. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love that. The strength card with like the lion that's not out there roaring, but still commands the attention in the tarot. I love that. Yeah, very cool. I'm curious to know, like, what do you love most about the clients that you work with or the way that you support your clients? Yeah. So um, in the Hex Codes and Woo, I think my favorite thing about it is collaborating. Like the people that I have had the pleasure of working with are already, or not already, but they come from a place where they have a vision in mind or they may like kind of like know what they want, but like are unsure and to like kind of help them like work through that mm. and then like bring that to life with them. Like it's in, like it's very much when creating a website, every like piece of it, you really are in close collaboration with that person um, and making sure, like making sure that they, this is like what they want. And yeah. then also if they don't like opening that up, that conversation to, like, well, like, let's like walk through like what you want. If you're not sure, let's like create like a mood board for it and kind of get mm. as close as we can to your vision. Um, and then also like making sure, so I do a lot of the work on Squarespace. I've worked on web a little bit. I think Squarespace is just the best platform to create websites on. It's so easy to use and being able to train people on it and give them that like self-sufficiency. Like if when you need to update your content, you can go in and do that instead of like mm-hmm. having to ask a developer to do that or like relying on someone else to do it. Um, I'm always happy to do it, but <laughs> like being able to give them the tools um, so they're like set up for success and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing you say like, it's one of the easier ones. And I'm like, girl, I had Squarespace. It is not, but maybe that's just me. And again, this is where like, I love finding other providers that have these skill sets that I'm like, that is not my talent. And so grateful for people in the world that, that find ease in that and that have the capacity to support others through that process. Cause again, like we're in, 
the age of like the online business this is really how most providers, especially like witchy, witchy entrepreneurs or spiritual service providers, so much of it is done online and virtually now. And so being able to have a home for your business, being able to have a container for that, that feels authentic and like a good expression of who you are as a provider, but is also really easy for your clients to come in and find what they're looking for. Like, goddess bless you, Emma. Like, we need people like you in the world. <laughs> I need people like you in my life. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> So I ask all of my clients when they come on to share like a favorite quote and one that you shared from Dolly Parton is you'll never do a whole lot unless you're brave enough to try, which I love Dolly and I love that you picked this out. But can you tell me like, what is it about this quote from her that stands out to you? What does it mean for you? Yeah, I love her so much too. She's so iconic. Yes. Um, and is such an amazing person. But I think, so first, like, I want to say, I don't see this quote as like about being productive, like a whole lot can be going out in the forest and like eating blueberries and like talking to trees all day. Like yes. I think that's like really brave. So yes. this is nothing about productivity, but more about like in I right now, the times that like we're living in, I just like, if you're not brave, if we're not brave, then we're not going to dismantle a lot of these systems of oppression and the structures that we're living in. And so I think that's powerful, especially like the work that you're doing and so many other witches and mystics like that are, we are being so brave and showing up differently and trying to create a world and communities that are supportive and nurturing mm -hmm. to all of us and to like the earth. And so I think, yeah, when I think of that quote, I think of like all the work that we're doing <laughs> to support yeah. one another really make a difference um, in everyone's lives. Absolutely. I'm so grateful that you made that distinction, that it's not just about productivity. It's not just about output. It's really the courage to do anything, which includes rest or includes like leisure or allowing things to be easy as well. Like that's also an act of courage to kind of go against some of the messaging that we've received around how you should be behaving or how you should be showing up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's important. Yeah. Anything that's like anti-capitalistic is brave. <laughs> yes. Honestly, anything. I mean, for me, like it feels so much as well, like anything that the important authority figures in my life growing up, like my parents, my grandparents, teachers, anything that they told me, like, you have to do this to be successful. You have to do this to be valuable. You have to do this to get into college. You have to do this to get a job. Like anything that I felt like I had to do and was therefore like kind of limited by being willing to say, no, that's actually not true. And I can do a whole lot of things and still be worthy and still be successful and still be desirable to an employer and so on. And I mean, we got to give it up for Dolly. Obsessed with that Capricorn yeah. queen. <laughs> Me too. Big fan. <laughs> Very cool. Well, let's start talking about your Saturn return. We chatted just a little bit before we started recording and you had mentioned that your experience with your Saturn return is kind of unique because of the timing of when you even found out that Saturn return was a transit. Do you want to share that again for the listeners? Yeah. So I didn't know like Saturn return was a thing until 
probably a year or two after my Saturn return, which is like really funny. I remember when I was reading about it, I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> what was going on the couple yeah. of years prior? Um, and honestly, like, I don't even know, like, it's who's to say, but had I known my Saturn return was coming, I don't think I could have prepared for it. I don't know if that really would have made a difference, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And I, what I love about this too, I'm just remembering like a lot of the other guests that I've had on and we've talked about Saturn return, I've been able to say, you know, what did, what expectations did you have going into it? And then how did it compare to your actual experience? And they did express like, you know, I had anxiety or else Lex who was on, um, you know, mentioned that they felt like they entered their Saturn return kind of early and they knew about it. And so they almost started living that experience early, but for you, you were kind of like I don't want to say like blissfully unaware because I I don't know that I would use the word bliss ever to describe a Saturn return, but didn't have the same experience that so many witches have, which is like the the dread, the fear. Oh no, this major life changing transit is coming up, and like hyper fixating on that, you kind of just got to live it and then reflect back later. I love that. Right. Yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Did you find like when you were, when you were reading about the Saturn return, what were some of the things, maybe like key descriptors or keywords or buzzwords that you read about it that you thought like, yes, this is absolutely how I felt or that you were like, really? Cause mine was, I don't know. Mine wasn't that bad or mine was worse than that. Or yeah, I think like I clearly remember reading it's like an upheaval in your life and it's really the point where you go from being um a teenager to an adult I don't know if I agree with that I feel like I became an adult at a very young age um for lots of different reasons but like it was the upheaval part it was like very true for me however I find it so interesting maybe you have insight into this like the part of my chart so I have Saturn in my fifth house in Sagittarius mm -hmm. and but the way that it um like kind of just like restructured that aspect of my life was very surprising to me like reading about it and looking at my chart and I'm still like a little like huh that's kind of interesting I wonder if that's something more yeah. just like my computer being in my 10th house looking down at Saturn I don't know <laughs> yeah well I'm curious um yeah, I mean, I'm like, say more about that. Like, tell me more about that because definitely the Saturn, well, okay, let me calm down for a minute. I'm going to take a deep breath because you said a few things that I kind of want to unpack or kind of go back to. Number one, the idea you had mentioned, you know, when we read about the Saturn return, it's often said that, you know, this is a transition into adulthood, which is interesting, I think, because for a long time, in the collective, like conscious, you became an adult kind of like when you got married or when you bought a house, which used to be like my great grandma got married at like 15. And so the idea that like now you're turning into an adult, but you're kind of still really like young. And, you know, that's, we consider that adolescence. Now, what a lot of people are going through is, you know, you're not getting married or buying a house until like your late 30s or something. And so it's interesting. And I'm, I'm wondering if like the astrology community, if we can update some of this belief around when adulthood hits. But I like to think of Saturn as the planet that comes in and demands mastery at something. 
when you go through this Saturn cycle, you kind of have these moments of like reality checks of, um, you know, you thought it would be easy and it's actually hard. You have to have diligent effort applied to something. It's not even practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect, right? If you practice something with bad posture or bad alignment or a bad habit or something, then you're never going to like reach that level of success. So for me, it's like the moment where you are like, okay, what am I committing to? What do I want to be good at? And what have I been working on, but I'm not experiencing success in that now I need to realign and try Mm -hmm. something new. How, I mean, this is usually how I describe it for people. Like, how does that sound for you? Like compared to the I'm a grown up now. <laughs> like, what does that what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. No, it does. It feels very eight of pentacles, right? Oh yeah. We're in like astro- like tarot astrology or astrology tarot, like who rules eight of pentacles? But yeah, that so it does make a lot of sense. It it was like um mastering a different way, maybe of like my ego or like. I don't know, taking my ego and putting them in the passenger seat rather than yeah. like the seat. So yeah, that does resonate. Yeah. I love that, the way that you describe Saturn return. That is like pretty accurate. Yeah. I'm just like my fifth house. I think I'm just baffled by that. <laughs> well, and something that's unique for your chart as well, and I hope it's okay that I share this, but you have Saturn in Sagittarius at the later degrees, but you have Uranus right Mm -hmm. next to it so whereas Saturn comes in and wants to commit and has a perceived boundary like Saturn is the last of the traditional like more visible planets and it was believed that Saturn was was it Saturn was like the boundary of the universe nothing was beyond Saturn until technology developed and we discovered Uranus right of all of a sudden oh there is something beyond that oh like (laughs) there is something clear out there Um, and it disrupted a lot of the way that we, you know, a lot of the way that we just like what we understood was possible or plausible. Same thing. I think this is one of my favorite things. I was at an elementary school. This was a while ago and all the elementary students had drawn the planets. And for so long, like when I was a kid, Saturn was the only planet with rings. It was the only, like, that's what made it stand out. That's what made it so distinct, right? And I love that we, you know, Saturn puts a ring on it, but Uranus also has rings and it just orbits in like a wonky direction. So it's almost like Saturn, but like not. It's like Saturn, but mm, it's the innovative. <laughs> it, this is actually how we're doing it now. Um, and it totally breaks up whatever like structure Saturn has come and put in. So your Saturn return, and I put here like a little bit in our notes that your Saturn return was exact November 27th through December 3rd and I I asked you I was like what was going on around that time because it would have been the exact moment of the sudden return but it also would have been activating your natal Uranus which is like actually we're gonna blow the whole thing up let's do this instead (laughs) oh it is so true it definitely blew everything up yeah (laughs) that is like one I call it rage quitting. I quit my job, but it wasn't even that. Like I was forced to resign because the way in which I negotiated um, a pay raise. (laughs) Say more about that. (laughs) Which like, was it, I look back and I can laugh about it now and be like, oh, and have a lot of grace for myself. I definitely have learned how to have grace and how to experience that 
for myself. But yeah, at the time, I think I was just very, I was very angry about a lot of different things in the industry. Working in the financial advisory realm is very, um, is dominated. And this was like four or five years ago. I don't know if it's changed because I'm like so far removed from the industry. Yeah. It was very much dominated by um, cis, hetero, white males. And it was as a young, like, um, person, it was hard for me to navigate that and like understand there's a lot of like power dynamics going on too. And which like, I'm like very, I think power dynamics are really confusing to me at times. Like yeah. people have to clearly like state like what the power dynamic is, which is terribly awkward. And like, no one does that. Right. <laughs> Who has the authority? Right. Yeah. yeah like corporate settings or people are uncomfortable. There's a lot of different reasons. I'm sure it's not like verbally stated, but as a neurodivergent, like I do need things like really like directly stated to me. Um, but anyways, yeah, I was just like really upset. I was doing a lot of work and the industry, you do, I was going for my certified financial planner license, which requires mm -hmm. um, you act as a fiduciary for your clients, which means like you basically do or you are to do what's in the client's best interest, which is kind of funny. The industry has that. I think that's what's a lot about it in general. Um, yeah. And so um, I was working towards that and you have to essentially be in an apprenticeship role for so many years before you sit for the exam. And you also, it's also helpful for you to have certain licenses. Um, so like a series seven and 66, which I ended up getting my series seven, which is like a brokerage license, um, which like the exam itself is hilarious. Like a bunch of like hetero cis white men wrote this exam. So you can only imagine like, <laughs> what it's like to sit for it. Um, but I was like doing all these things, right? Like working towards a certification and like doing a lot of work. I was working really long hours um, and been at this place just over a year. So not terribly long, but I thought I, you know, deserve a raise because I was putting in so much time. And I knew some of my other colleagues that were earning more than me that had less experience and didn't have licenses. So anyways, I went one day to ask my boss for a raise, but it came out more as a demand, like <laughs> was demanding more money and thought I was like, you know, really stepping into my personal power and like all of that, <laughs> but it just wasn't well received. And so <laughs> he decided that um, instead of firing me, he was going to force me to resign. And so, which was like, not what I wanted. Um, and it was a really challenging experience for me because I like didn't, that's not, it's not what I wanted, but also like just how everything like went down was so like, it was, it just blew up. Like it was just like, and it, like hearing like some of my colleagues experience, like of like what they heard, like it just like everything was so dramatic and so intense. And like, even when I was leaving, they're like, well, I hope you learned your lesson. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was just like, kids laugh about it. But, and even like, it wasn't even that. So like I, that happened and I had resigned and I had leave that day. And then 
the owner of who's my boss would like reach out to me after. And it was like really, to me, it felt very inappropriate and just like, you know, I don't, it was really confusing for me to navigate because I never had gone through something like that. Um, and so I didn't, and I also at that time in life didn't really have any boundaries professionally in a, in a lot of different areas. And so I didn't have boundaries. So I didn't know how to like, just say no, or like not to like engage. Um, but yeah, so that's like during those, like that time is when I was forced to resign and yeah. So then it kind of, you know, I went back into the industry, found another job like a month or two after. So not too long. And that's when I started looking into like other career opportunities. I decided like this really being in this industry wasn't for me. And I tried to make some changes and just was kind of just met with like walls. It felt like everywhere I went and I was becoming a very toxic person. And like, I knew that and just like, okay, I think it's time to leave. And then looked into other career opportunities. And that's when I found UI UX design. So, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, some technical difficulty. I was saying that I think that as I was listening to you say that the word cataclysmic was crossing my mind. And just this idea of like, almost like a tower moment of like, everything comes crashing down everything's on fire would be like another word that I would use for because it's that Sagittarius it's that big all-encompassing fire that comes through right but then that absolutely like disrupted Uranus and just in two I don't want to give away like too much of like your chart um but it did activate your natal Mars which is all about that severing it's about it's time to cut now we're done with this yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah definitely burned a lot of bridges. Yes. <laughs> it is what I a friend of mine described um so Sagittarius is a mutable sign and more like gas. Yes. And I feel like that really resonates. It's like someone literally the room was filled with gas and someone just lit a match and it just blew up. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the other thing that's interesting with Sagittarius as well, I love I love teaching about fire in this way. It's so useful when you're trying to understand like, you know, the zodiac to really take it down to its elemental quality, right? And fire, you can have that spark of it, but it needs to be fed. Fire has to consume in order to like maintain the flames, right? And so, especially with Sagittarian fire, when we think about this massive forest fire, I've shared this before on the podcast, so some listeners are like, yeah, just me. But I live surrounded by mountains and I've watched two of them like out like two different windows in my bedroom. I've watched the mountains burn since we've lived here. And the thing about fire is that it will jump like 10 feet to go catch something else that it can consume. And that's the thing with mutable fire is that it doesn't have to follow in this linear pathway. It's not this idea of this is the logical next step that builds on it. It's I'm going to jump entirely to go where I can be fed. And that's that mutable quality of, you know, this is an entirely different industry. This is an entirely different train. I maybe haven't thought of this anymore, but this is actually what I need right now to stoke these flames. How did it feel like, so again, if you were, if you were aware of the astrology ahead of time and, uh, you know, you're being like, oh, like I'm about to like have my entire life change. Like things are about to go through like great upending for me. 
you know, maybe when you're going through it, you could have given yourself a little bit of that grace of like, this is just my seven-year term. Not having that though, are you comfortable sharing? Like, what were some thoughts that you had? Like, how did that really like feel for you? Because career transitions are really hard, even when we do have feel like we have a lot of choice and autonomy. Like, they're hard. Like, how was that? Yeah, it was. It was challenging, but it also, I was very ready for it. So even though, you know, I like left that job, took another job in the financial advisory industry. And I had that for a year before I started the boot camp. Yeah. So I had quite a bit of time to like transition in to that transition, I guess. So it was like, I was mentally prepared for it. And I also the boot camp I took, I think there's like 14 other people in the class that like I became friends with a few of them. And so I felt very supported in that transition because I was in a group with other people that were going through the same thing I was going through. So mm -hmm. I was comforted by that and also inspired mm -hmm. um, as well. So it didn't, I didn't feel so alone. Like before, like the year before I felt very alone and just like scared and so and I really like relied on my intuition to make that change you know it wasn't it was a really expensive investment and I did sell my car for it to help support that um which like I'm glad I did like, I'd have like no regrets about that um but I it was I took a really big risk on myself and like part of me was like you know because I like blew up my previous career. I'm like, who's to say I won't do the same thing with this one? Like, I don't know. Maybe my next at a return, I might. I'm not sure. But right. <laughs> like it's still very, it could happen. But um yeah, so I even though it was very much a tower moment and and it very much felt like the star right after or like yeah. a year after. Um and so it like needed to happen, but it was pretty brutal. <laughs> absolutely brutal it's funny and I've talked before about this as well but because your Saturn is in your fifth house which when we talk about vocational houses you know we talk about the second the sixth and the tenth so the fifth is like well this shouldn't have been, had anything to do with your career it's not in the vocational house but Saturn so often has a massive impact on our career no matter where it falls in your chart the nuance for you there is that the fifth house is one of the like traditional firehouses. It's where we find ourselves expressed in some way. And it's the expression of your creativity. Like, this is what I know about myself in the first house. And this is how I communicate and create off of that. That's ultimately like what a, a lot of artwork is. And even as you describe, again, like the way that you work with your clients, like this is an extension of who they are and bringing them along in that journey and helping with this like sense of expression. I'm curious, do you feel like, right now anyways what you're doing in your career is more closely aligned with the type of creativity you have in this world yeah I think so um I definitely I don't know if it's like I feel like I'm getting closer to it like right now it mm -hmm. feels in alignment um it is interesting because like I have, I forget where in my chart, but technology me, we either get along or we don't. Like sometimes my phone just doesn't work and I'm like, oh, that's just how it is. <laughs> and like, it will happen with my computer. But at the same time, like I, 
really enjoy, I'm not a front end developer, but I'm learning it and like knowing, understanding that structure and how things are configured really helps me when it comes to designing and like, it helps me inform my design work. Um, Cause I think I'm also someone who's like, need to be, it's, I feel ground when I'm practical, I feel grounded, Mm -hmm. but then I also am a daydreamer and someone who's a little like airy like sometimes I could like I could be in a group people are chatting and I have no idea what they're talking about because I'm thinking about something else for sure which I feel like is very very Piscean well and this is something that I love having you on this episode as well because the other Saturn and or like the other like Saturn return guests that I've had they either went through it recently or they're kind of in it right now you're someone where because it was Saturn and Sagittarius you've been through it but now that you have Saturn and Pisces you're going through a Saturn square which is again one of those moments that I, I like to think of them as like many they're kind of like many reality checks it's kind of like a mini of like okay is this is this it is this the right way what else can you add to this how can you build off of this and let me help you refine this in some way um you've recently had Saturn go over your moon as well so like do you feel good in your work right now these are some things that are kind of coming up for you Right. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, so I've definitely have felt in my jobby job, it's like I'm. Uh, I just listened to your episode that came out yesterday about like toxic patterns, which I think yeah. the advice you offer is extremely helpful. Like getting really clear in what the problem is. And I was talking to my manager a couple of weeks ago, who I really enjoy working for and collaborating with, and she had. A very similar framework. Cause I'm like, I'm really struggling, but I don't like really know why, like there's a sense of vagueness around it. And yeah. she was like, okay, like, let, let's like get clear on it. Like spend, you know, block off your calendar and spend X amount of time on this. And like, just like refining it each mm-hmm. week until you're, until you feel like you got, you got to the problem or like you understand what the problem is, yeah. um, which is so helpful. So I feel like I have felt that a little bit especially like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And it, for me, it like will come through as like, when I get angry, anger is an emotion for me that signals like something is out of line or like, yes. you're not showing up, you're not in your authenticity, like there's something off. And then also with that, like comes sadness, I'll get angry first and then I'll just get really sad yeah. and I'll be like, oh, it's like what it is kind of thing. And then I need to like pull myself out of it or like shift my perspective which is like really hard when I get to that spot but when that happens it's like sitting with reality of like okay like where where are areas like I'm not holding myself accountable how could I be what are things I can put into place that can really support and nourish me during this time like and being okay like struggling I really don't like to struggle I mean I don't know anyone that does but like (laughs) like such a I get so upset with myself when I struggle and it's just like wait this is like part of being human and like already being human is like sometimes I'm like oh I really don't like it Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know like what soul contract I signed but (laughs) like we didn't read the fine print that's the yeah just didn't read the closet (laughs) I did it I did not and so like being like moving through that and like just like, I think being with reality and reflecting on that, even though it takes me that long or 
I mean, I guess I am judging myself, but I have, there's a cycle that I go through, or I've noticed there's a cycle I go through to get to the point where I'm like, okay, what is reality? And like sitting with it and then be like, okay, like, let's start like addressing it. So like getting clear on what the problem is. right? Mm -hmm. So everything that you just said, I kept thinking like everyone who has Saturn in Pisces needs to like rewind the episode a little bit and listen to everything that you just said over again, because it that's really like the benefit of integrating the lesson of Saturn. Saturn is stern. I've always said this like Saturn isn't mean. Pluto's kind of an asshole, but Saturn isn't mean. But Saturn does come in. And when you said like holding like where am I not holding myself accountable? I thought that's Saturn. Where am I not holding myself accountable? Where can I like commit to like diagnosing, but also solving this problem right like what is this and it sounds like again a lot of this you had Saturn going over your moon and so a lot of it was like how am I nourishing myself how am I taking care of myself what was it like for you because I'm making an assumption as I'm hearing you say this I'm like wow you really reflected and integrated the lesson of your Saturn return I hear this in your language but I'm also curious like was this intentional like how much time did you spend being like I'm gonna retroactively look at my Saturn return, figure out like what the lesson was and then apply that? Or how much of this is just, you're just living your life and this is just how it is? Yeah, I think I've just like, I've been intentional at times, like having this opportunity to be on your podcast, which I'm like so grateful for because it's given me the space and time to like really reflect on it. But I think over like the last like five years since it ended, like I've been like, things will like, I'll have like, insights when I'm doing, find when I'm doing really mundane tasks, which I think are very magical tasks. That's like when I'll have these insights, yeah. like washing the dishes. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, like this is like Saturn has wanted me or is like, has taught me how to be accountable and what that looks like. And, um, and also I know, so Saturn doesn't rule values. It's more of a Venus thing. Mm-hmm. But I think Saturn too, or it, maybe it's like Saturn has taught me how to show up to my values, right? And what that feels like. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. So I think I've just, anyways, but to answer your question, just over the last few years, I've learned, um, I've just like had moments of reflection, I guess, mm-hmm. and like insights about it. Yeah. I like to think of Saturn as the one that comes in and asks you to create that structure. Again, love playing with the language of like Saturn puts a ring on it. Like, can you commit to this? What does that commitment look like? And what are you willing to sacrifice? How hard are you willing to work to maintain this, right? To really hold on to it, which is kind of like counterintuitive if you think about, again, like Sagittarius as the fire that cannot be contained the type of fire where the crews are like it's better just to let it burn <laughs> we would we would waste more energy and resources trying to put it out than if we kind of just let it run its course and there's benefit to sometimes just letting something burn right it's what grows out of like you know the wreckage and so it's kind of that perspective as well of like how much do i just kind of like let this go versus where does it make sense for me to really apply myself and clean up you know, a perceived mess or, again, like, to solve this problem. 
what advice would you give? Because again, like I, I do have like most of my listeners have like finished their sad return. You know, Spotify gives me like the demographics of all my listeners, assuming that they didn't lie when they were filling out their profile <laughs> on Spotify. Um, but I have really a smaller population of people that are coming into their Saturn return, Saturn and Pisces, or even um, like the Saturn and Aries babes. But what would you share with them? Like they're coming in on it. They know about this transit. They have all this anxiety around. I get a lot of my TikTok actually has a ton of anxiety around Saturn return. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say like, you know, how during your Saturn return, like be really aware and present to like, how can you experience change and still maintain inner peace and have grace for yourself, um, like throughout the process and not to be so aware or like compare yourself to other people's, what they're going through or their journeys. Right. Like, yeah. I think that's also, and I think I like recall me doing a lot of that, that comparison game and just like how unhelpful it is. And, mm -hmm. um, and not to like, focus on what other people are doing, but just like focusing on yourself and having grace for what you're going through and like, know that it's like not, it's not going to last forever. <laughs> there is like, there is an end to it. <laughs> yes. That for me was such a game changer when I started learning astrology was that it doesn't last forever. The planets don't stay fixed. They're constantly moving. And so maybe you'll return, right? Like that's the idea of the Saturn return or a Mars return or something like that. Like you'll come back and revisit it, but that will still only be a moment. It will only be a cycle. How, yeah. Having gone through your first one, knowing that, you know, we all have one, most of us have two, some of us have three Saturn returns. Like, how are you feeling about the next one? I feel like I'm definitely more prepared um and yeah I think like definitely I will take the learnings from my first one and be able to apply them in my second one and really just be present with myself and like what's going on and not to say that like things aren't going to blow up again like probably will <laughs> And I also recognize with astrology, it's never in my experience, like how I think something's going to happen. So like, I'll look at like, you know, the week ahead and kind of like prepare myself for it. But then there are oftentimes like how it happens or like how I experience it is not what I thought it was going to be, <laughs> um, which like, I love that about astrology because it's just constantly learning and um, experiencing it differently, which um is like the, I think I think that's why I'll be a lifelong student of astrology but I'm hoping yeah my second one I can be really more aware of like what's happening and kind of like naming it I think is helpful to me so that way I can be like oh okay this is like my Saturn return like what do I know about Saturn like all of that stuff so yeah I saw yeah. that like I got the visual of with the first Saturn return, your friend shared the example of like there's a room filled with gas and you didn't know, and then a match is struck and all of a sudden it explodes. Whereas the second one is like now you know. 
and you have I'm, I think it's Viola Davis. I think it's a picture of her in some movie she was in where they're like everything's blowing up behind her and she's walking away like <laughs> so I mean like she just looks like such a powerful baddie and that's how I'm picturing you in the second one. I'm like I'm the one who threw the match. <laughs> hope so <laughs> now the explosion is more of like my choice and you're like this empowered person like walking away from like yeah I did that <laughs> watch it burn I really hope that's the case <laughs> it is funny again because Uranus is going to come in and it'll it'll be just not exactly what you expected right it'll be close to it but kind of on its side yeah yeah I think so so I'm curious, like, I don't know if I've ever talked to someone that's gone through their second Saturn return mm. and to ask them, like, what was it like? <laughs> you know, I did with my dad. I actually should see if he would be willing. I don't know if anyone would even care to like listen to my dad talk about <laughs> his Saturn return, but um, he just recently finished his. And so now being an astrologer, having access to not just someone in your life that you know but like someone that you know intimately and I was alive during you know I was like a very very small child but like I was alive during my dad's first one and then witnessing him go through his second you know that would be you know, maybe not my dad everyone's like I don't want to listen to your old talk about his career <laughs> but um it would be really brilliant to get someone who's been like through their second to talk about the difference I love that yeah, and same with like someone that's gone through their third. <laughs> yes. Okay, new goal for Jessica on the podcast. I'm going to make this happen. And tons <laughs> of people I'm going to find in there and bring them on. All right, well, Emma, this has been so fun talking with you. I'm so grateful for your insight. Again, like I know that Saturn and Sagittarius, but I really feel like so much of what you shared because of your personal placements in the sign of Pisces and the way that Saturn has kind of been activating that for you as well. I heard so much of that like real like Saturn in Pisces like wisdom on a recent episode I referred to that as like the swamp witch like the the old brilliant like metaphysical person that's wearing like flowy clothes and like lives on a lake somewhere like I felt some of that wisdom come through in this conversation and I'm grateful for your insight uh any like final parting words for the corporate coven either ways to like if they're like me and they want to work with you now and get some help with their website where they can find you or just any parting wisdom that you think would be useful. Yeah. Um, we can find me at hex codes and woo on Instagram. Um, and I'm like in the, just starting my website. So I'm hoping to have it up in the next month or so. Um, yeah, I think it's so important for, I know that not all of your listeners necessarily work in a corporate environment, but for witches and mystics um, to be working in those environments so we can be a bridge between our world and their world, um, I think is really important work. And I acknowledge being a bridge is very challenging. It's not easy. Um, and, but it's really important work that I think we have, we need to be doing in these times so absolutely yeah yes. thank you so much for that all right everyone i will link emma's instagram in the show notes so you can follow them there i actually really love your graphics i went and did a little reconnaissance before the episode of course so i know you like what you see i was really excited about it and stay tuned for more saturn return episodes <laughs> mm. 
Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and gained valuable insights into the world of personal and professional alchemy. If you want to stay updated on the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and turn on notifications. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, and you can visit my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com to find other ways to connect and work with me. I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics, so please let me know in the comments on this episode what you're interested in. Until next time, keep working your magic and casting spells of success in your career and life.